on the Heat, I'm just like I'm particularly disappointed in how uh, how they've been getting treated. Um, <laughs> they, they've been treated like a team that was a fluke to have made it to the finals, and uh, and they're really not getting like when you listen to a lot of the other people, they're just not getting any respect. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, they're like such a good good team, and people yeah, just hate them. Sure. You know. It's a uh, it's it's old news uh, to to a lot of people now, but with preseason happening and and starting to kind of see and and taste what the NBA season is going to look like, um, we're starting to see the uh, the John Wall, Boogie Cousins, Houston Rockets, and we're starting to see the Westbrook, Beal Wizards, yeah. and I feel like the off season since it was so short has happened so fast that I I never fully got to just like take it all in it's just like here's this news and now this is what's happening um yeah, so for sure it's it's like a roller coaster i think that both of us are are uh longtime westbrook supporters and uh sure. i heard a lot of people saying that he had no trade value and essentially the trade for john wall is like a no value trade in a sense um but you know whenever westbrook was traded last year for chris paul people were saying the same thing about it then they were saying oh you couldn't even trade a Westbrook for anybody else. You had to find somebody else with a terrible contract. You know, Paul's yeah. downhill. Westbrook's probably downhill. This was just two old misers getting traded. And then you ended up with a Chris Paul who now it's like he's like suddenly a legend again. And he goes to yeah. the Suns and everyone's like, oh, the Suns are going to be the best team. When everybody said Oklahoma City had a 1% chance to even make the playoffs with Chris Paul, Westbrook comes in and, and they say he can't change his game. He stops shooting threes, puts together probably the best last month of the season before the bubble of any any player and uh you know then kind of has a rough bubble run because of injury and, and everything and then they're like oh yeah he's going to be terrible he's never going to play alongside beal and uh and then on the other end of that you just keep hearing oh well harden is at least he's at least a guaranteed playoff berth and i keep hearing like all this noise and i think man westbrook's never missed the playoffs like like mm-hmm. not in years mm-hmm. even the year that durant left and it was just westbrook and some some dudes he took that team to the playoffs, you know? So I'm like, I kind of feel like Westbrook is a, is a walking playoff berth and uh-huh. having a guy like Beal, who is maybe a secret top 10 player in the league right next to him. I think, man, the wizards are a lethal team. Uh, and yeah, then I, I look at sure. this new rockets team and I see John wall out there and he looks pretty good. And I think, man, wall and cousins are, if they like suddenly have the bounce back season that we've all hoped that they could have, uh-huh. these guys are like a couple top 15, top 20 players. If they if they put it together, you know, for sure. What's your thoughts? No, I, What's your thoughts on on this whole debacle with these yeah. guys? I I actually um I I believe that both teams kind of won that trade. Oddly enough, I think that it was kind of a situation. Obviously, James Harden kind of pushed uh pushed Westbrook out. Westbrook is uh, the type of guy who he's going to go hard no matter where he is. You know, obviously he probably has his preferences, but. That's that's a dude that I wouldn't bet against in any situation because he's just he's one of those guys that um, you know he's the classic Tim Ram mentality. He's a classic guy that everybody who plays with him says that they love him. 
Uh, and so I think that's something that we should pay attention to as analysts and, and as fans. Um, and then, you know, kind of similar with John Wall. John Wall obviously has had the injuries issue, but let's face it. I mean, like he's had nearly two years of rest. Obviously, he's been recouping from injuries, but uh, it, it's not like he's, uh, you know, he's 35 or something coming off of injury. It's not like if, if Chris Paul had a major injury or something of that nature. And so I think that the Rockets actually have a, a pretty solid uh, ground to build around if John Wall and Boogie Cousins have that bounce back season like you were talking about. Boogie looks like he's slumped down a lot. He looks uh, very agile off the bounce off the couple uh, games that we've seen him play in so far. And I think that's been pretty exciting. So I think that the Rockets actually have a solid foundation where maybe they're not as timid to trade away James Harden. Obviously, they don't want to lose MVP James Harden. But if he doesn't want to be there, what benefit is a guy like that going to do to their roster? And uh, going back to to Westbrook and uh, in Washington, uh, I think that he has a solid team. You know, you touched on the Bradley Beal. That's the obvious pick. But I think Hachimara is a great pick around uh, around him. Um, I think that having Denny... Uh, from Israel is a great pick to have around Russell Westbrook. Like these are guys that are young, they're talented and they're great wing players for, uh, for their age, including Thomas Bryant, you know, coming in uh, strong to round out a small ball five lineup. Uh, I actually think that there, there's a lot of upside uh, with the wizards and uh, something that, you know, they can actually be excited about. They don't have just Bradley Beal. Obviously they had Bradley Beal and John Wall a few years ago, but I think both teams came out on top in this trade. I mean, the Wizards were like a, a top 10 offense last year and were, were really good until the bubble. And in the bubble, they didn't have Beal. And, uh, and they were t- they're sure they were terrible on defense. They're a terrible defensive team. Um, but, I mean, we've sat here and watched the Rockets go to the NBA uh, Western Conference Finals with bad defense, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, can the Wizards be a contender? Can they be a pesky team? I feel like that's what the Wizards have always been. They've always been a team that, didn't really want to face in the playoffs because there's a lot yeah. of unknowns with that team. Um, you know, I feel like, I think the wizards, I think the wizards have made a great move. I think it's the most shooting that you've had around Westbrook ever. Um, even this last year, because uh, there was, there were some questionable, there were some questionable players with the Rockets last year. And, and I guess the most shooting with a ball dominant Westbrook because you know, Westbrook was sharing duties yeah. a lot with Harden. Um, but you know, I, I feel like the teams that in Oklahoma city, even when Durant was there the last year, they played golden state. One of the biggest problems those teams had was there just wasn't enough spacing for Westbrook. Yeah, for you sure. know, they're just like, he, he could get to the lane. He can get to the cup almost at will. And he can coast to coast rebound and score. But what happened was when there wasn't enough shooting, they would just keep them. They would just form the wall and say, well, just shoot then. And then his game, you know, obviously falters, but I feel like, man, this wizards team, there's a lot of shooting. There is a ton of shooting around them. They're, they're all stretching the floor kind of guys, and they may lack some rebounds, but Westbrook will give you rebounds. You know, Westbrook will Absolutely. give you those second chance points. So I feel like they're actually a pretty tough team. And Houston, yeah. on the other hand, I think is, is also a, a pretty tough team. Um, you know, I think that they have some pieces that they're probably going to move out and get rid of. Um, but, I mean, they made Macklemore look pretty good last year. They made Tucker look pretty good. Um, they've, they've picked up, uh, Christian Wood, who is really a really great player, honestly, a, a below the radar pickup for them. Um, they've actually like upgraded a few pieces. And if wall is the same, I mean, he's a, he's a better defensive player than Westbrook. You know, uh, they have height now with cousins. Like they literally could actually be a, a little bit better team. And if they get any value out of Harden, which, which we can hit later, uh, the Rockets actually may be a, a tough and kind of pesky team. Also, sure. I'm just like. 
kind of like, hey, watch out for teams that have a, a new coach that you don't really expect to be good because Brad Stevens and Nick Nurse have kind of <laughs> made me think, hey, new coaches are actually really good. Like they yeah. might come out and, and swing swing for the fences on you, you know. But Absolutely. I was excited to see Wall handling the ball and and uh, and moving. He looked as fast as he's ever looked. And as a Kentucky, for sure. Oh yeah, man. As a Kentucky fan, I'm pretty happy to see him there. The only thing I need now is for the Rockets to trade for Eric Bledsoe. Nobody really wants him anyways, <laughs> but he was a great backup guard for John Wall in Kentucky. Uh, so, you know, I, I wouldn't mind having him come the, off the bench. The Houston Wildcats. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him run it back. Honestly, if Cal Perry wants to sub in a couple games coaching too, I mean, they probably wouldn't mind that. Probably actually yeah. put some people in the seats if they were allowed to come to the game, you know? <laughs> Talking about talking about Houston and, and Washington makes me focus then on the bottom teams that have a chance to make the playoffs. And I feel like in the East, Washington is one of these bottom teams that was like on the cuff last year with with no with no Westbrook, with just Beal and some guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Houston is a team that's been always a top pick, but now I feel like it's probably at least taking some steps backwards. Uh, sure. and maybe fits in that same area. So when you look at bottom teams this year, the playoffs are, are a lot different. So if you're if you're a casual listener, which I know some of the people who listen to this podcast are not necessarily big basketball fans, but just enjoy our charming personalities. <laughs> uh, if you're a regular listener that really enjoys our charming personalities, feel free to just reach out and tell us about it. We love just positive affirmation. Like hmm. when someone tells me, man, Luke, you are so funny. I always laugh at you on the podcast. That I pretty much just file that into my heart somewhere and just kind of yeah. like suck all the joy out of that. So just go ahead and send it to me. Don't yeah, I like to see five stars. No. I like to see it written in the review section for the whole yeah. world to see. I do like that because then I can go back and look and go, oh man, these are some good reviews. Um, but to catch you up on basketball rules, this year the rules are different. They're playing a 72-game season instead of 82. Uh, it's a shortened season, obviously, because of COVID. And... Uh, and it's, it's happening a lot faster than it normally would. And for the last two teams in the playoffs, they're having a tournament. So the seven, eight, nine, and 10th best teams all have a chance to make the playoffs, but only two of them will actually make it. So when we look at the like bottom teams in the East and the West, we're looking at the teams that have a chance to be in that seven, eight, nine, ten 10 area, which in the East probably means a team with a losing record could make the playoffs. <laughs> um, in the West, I think it's going to be mostly at least 500 teams. Um, but starting with the East, before we before we go to the West, where everyone's so excited, everyone knows all the funds in the West. Uh, starting with the East, when we look at like a bottom four teams that that you think really are going to make it, um, you know, for me this year, I have the Magic out. I don't think the Magic are actually going to be one of those bottom four teams. Okay. I think okay. it's Washington. I think it's Charlotte. <laughs> I think it's Atlanta, <laughs> and I think it could be Toronto. Oh, which oh messes Boy, things so, up. So now I'm curious on where you have a couple other teams. <laughs> yeah, because I actually don't think Toronto is going to be a top sixteen. Um, okay. Or I'm just I think they're on the edge. So I'm kind of like, oh, maybe Toronto doesn't make it. I guess that if. I guess if I tiered this off, I would say that Toronto isn't a lock and that they could be one of these bottom teams. And then the sleeper bottom team in my mind is Chicago uh, for the <laughs> wait, East. So, I wait, think so which, which side of the, of the seven through 10 do you have Chicago then? 
I think Chicago is out. I think they're left. Oh, I don't think they oh make the playoffs. Goodness. I, I don't I think the, I don't think the Bulls make the playoffs. I think I've said that on this podcast that there is no way the Chicago Bulls made the playoffs. And this is the only way that they could have made the playoffs is if somebody gave them the opportunity to get in and make it. And even then, I don't think they're the top ten team in the East. I do not believe that. Now, yes, boo boo. Obviously, the the thing that I've said here that's messed up is Charlotte. Uh, yeah, like I think everyone's kind of anti Charlotte, um, <laughs> but the thing is, is, Charlotte wasn't very many games away last year, yeah. and I don't really feel like the Hawks or the Wizards are going to put so much space between them and Charlotte that Charlotte can't make it. Now, also, I, I know that San Orlando is not going to make it is kind of bogus, but I feel like Orlando. Uh, I think they lost Jonathan Isaac. Uh, I think they've lost some pieces, and they're, they're trying to trade Aaron Gordon like he's been constantly on the yeah. block. So. And, and and they just don't feel like a playoff team to me. And, and that's a fair um, assertion. They they are average, and and they usually they usually can at least play ball, and they're passable. Uh, but I think Atlanta is a shoe in for one of those bottom four spots. Um, I think that Washington is a shoe in. I don't think Westbrook and Beal are going to miss the playoffs. Um, and that only leaves two spots. And so I got to believe, like you know, uh, I believe Toronto is is one of them spots. I think they're down there. I think the Bulls are just not there. I think Orlando could end up beating the Bulls, or it could be a fight between Orlando and Chicago for the tenth spot. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think that the seven eight seeds are a little bit interesting because you have to imagine one of either the Pacers or the Raptors would be in there. Um, it, it's hard to, hard to judge which one, but I don't want to bet against the Pacers. Uh, and and so I, I kind of understand where you're coming out with the Raptors, but um, I would assume one of those are the seven seed, and then that leads us uh, eight nine ten. Uh, you know, I'm high on the Bulls, and, and I think that the Bulls are better than the Hawks. So, obviously, I'm picking the Bulls. There's I think no the Bulls way. are better than the, the Hornets. Uh, <laughs> and and so, I, I'm just, I'm riding with the Bulls this year. Um, you here, know. Here's the thing I have to hear from you. How are the Bulls better than the Hawks? Uh, we, you know, okay. First off, Billy Donovan, new coach, new GM. And I think uh, I think this is a, a big Zach Levine year. I think Zach Levine was a borderline All Star last year. I think he's going to have an, an All Star type season this year. Um, I think that he will be an All Star. Uh, you know, however that is determined, probably no All Star game this year. I think Kobe White's going to make leaps. I think Lowry Markkinen has a bounce back year. I think Wendell Carter, and I think Otto Porter kind of does whatever Otto Porter's supposed to do. And I think so that's think good that enough for the Bulls in the AC. Career years. Uh, no, I'm not saying career like, years. Really, that's Actually, the only I, way those guys. I think that Zach good. Levine will have a career year. I think right, Zach Levine's so, a legitimately good player, top 25 in the league. Let's 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 talk about the Bulls because we can't get around it. I love the Bulls. I am wearing my Bulls hat right now. Um, <laughs> I love the Bulls, especially the the 1997, well, 98, 95, 96, 96. See, I'm I rocking like my, my Michigan State sweatshirt right now, and, and you know one of my favorite Spartans of all time, Denzel Valentine. You know, wrapping up for the Bulls, so it's the boy. I guess. <laughs> so when I look when I look at this lineup, let, let's say how many players above average do they have on this team, right? So we know Zach Levine is above average. Mm-hmm. We know if Otto Porter is healthy, which is a huge if, that he's above average. Yep, um, he's a good two-way player. Taddeus Young it, is above average. Wendell Carter is above average. Yep, it, it's fair Larry to say that, that Kobe White's probably a, a league average point guard. 
because there's so many good point guards. So I think that's a, a see, fair the thing we're looking at is above average. Yeah, and, and like, no, no, like, like I'm saying, I'm saying, do they have passable NBA players? Yeah, okay. they have passable NBA so, players. So let's let's but, move that on to the Hawks, though, for your argument, for your comparison. Let's, let's do right the Hawks. The Hawks. I love, let's do the Hornets. I love that because because I think that those three teams are are in their own little like tier of the NBA: no, no, the Bulls, no, no. Hawks, and let's, Hornets. Let's do the Hawks. Bogdan okay, Bogdanovich, uh, one of okay. the best catches in free agency this this off season. Uh, definitely okay. well above average. Clint Capella, sure. at least a top twelve center. John Collins above average. Chris Dunn, the best player on the Bulls. Oh my go. gosh, that's not literally even the true. only, literally that's the literally only defender. True. That he was literally the only defender on that team and should have been an on All NBA defensive team. Chris Dunn is a top twenty defensive player in the league, top five among guards. Chris Dunn is a great defensive player, and and that's Ball crazy assertions. that you don't. No, not I like Chris Dunn. I like Chris Dunn, but I think like there's so many people that would agree with that statement. Uh, okay, Chris Dunn definitely above average. He's yeah, and all of their last and a names catch are for done. four point seven million dollars. I mean, what a deal! Sure. Gallinari sure. above average. Yep. Um, what else we got here? Rajon Rondo above average. Trey Young, man, I haven't got to the but, their, but Rondo. Rondo it's, it's so hard to say if he's above average or not because he's such a system person. Really? Have you listened to the rest of you on this podcast? <laughs> that's, but that's when Ron, he's in a Rondo, system that Rondo I love. Is, Rondo is a Hall of Fame point guard. Oh, for let's, sure. Let's not I, even no pretend argument. he's not above average. Let's not pretend he's not above average. All we said was above average. Okay. Uh, okay. Now, I would say the only guy they have left that left that's above average is probably Tony Snell, <laughs> and he may just be at average, and everybody else is below that. But that's seven players in the rotation that are above average, and then three or four guys who have the chance to be. I don't know whether it's DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish. Uh-huh. Um, those guys have a lot of upside, and they have the stuff here to make a trade if they want. Like if they're really in the running. They can make a move. Like they have good guys here. The Bulls are riding on Zach Levine. Like you have to see that Zach Levine is is a great offensive player. He's not he's not like Devin Booker good, but he's good at playmaking and the similar sort of skill set. Uh, you know, it's the rest of the Bulls that that are questionable. <laughs> I mean, they drafted a guy who was who was coming off the bench at at like Florida. You know, like <laughs> that was their draft okay, pick. Florida State. Florida State. <laughs> is that even like a Billy Donovan school? It's the opposite. Man, I'm, I'm looking at the school. roster. This, Patrick Williams was born two weeks before 9-11. That's so young. <laughs> yeah, he's 12 years old, and he came off the bench in college and averaged like six points a game. But he was the number three, number number three pick in the draft. Is that what he is? Number four? Number four. Yeah, it's I, I, I get it. But, okay, Kobe White is going to have a good year. I'm, I'm confident of it. Obviously, you know, I'm I'm high on Zach Levine. Um, I think that Patrick Williams will have a decent rookie season. I think that he'll fill in. <laughs> I think that he'll fill in. <laughs> Based off all the minutes you watched him play last year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Daniel Gafford uh, was a good was a good rookie. I think that he's going to make some uh, some good strides. Um, you know, they they actually have some solid solid players, and I think that they're going to have a good team unit this- under Billy Donovan. If you close your eyes, Listen, they might be a pretty good team. Billy if, Donovan if you, won two championships oh in Florida, and this is a mostly college team. so And couldn't get to the NBA Finals with uh, <laughs> two MVPs. Um, yeah, I just I think that he will make them better. I think he'll make them like three wins better. Um, I, I also think that uh, they'll have a healthy auto porter can make them five wins better than they were last year and on average. Okay, I think the culture at, is going to be five wins that puts better. them in the playoffs. That puts them at the seven. That's with a healthy Otto Porter. Has anyone ever seen a healthy Otto Porter? 
That's like us saying that DeMarcus Cousins is going to stay healthy all year. I, I, mean, I watched Otto Porter play every game for two weeks one time. <laughs> well, there we go. It's proof it could happen. Uh, I also just want to say that just because you know these guys' names doesn't mean they're good at <laughs> I mean, you just dropped Daniel Gafford on this show. Like, yeah, what is he like the 13th okay. best player on, a, First on off, the 25th best team? When I'm playing 2K and we have the bench units in, I can go to town on whatever other team bench I'm playing against with Daniel Gafford. So, do you spend all your 2K career money on fashion? <laughs> I got to look good in there. I, I got to look good in the neighborhood. Man, I only bought one shirt. It's just like a Tupac shirt. <laughs> you know, I always, I always same, try to buy the same J's that I buy. Oh, yeah, I do like to do that. On this same level of conversation, I did watch a little bit of preseason, which I think preseason is kind of trash, but. I watched a little bit of preseason, and Jordan Clarkson, man, he wants to be AI bad, doesn't he? Ooh, he's man. like the really, he's like the worst version of AI though. Like he can't, he can't ball like AI like at all. No, I think that's tried, Isaiah man. Thomas. No, dude, the new Clarkson with the with the with the, <laughs> the way his cornrows are rolling and his headband, and he was trying. He he's trying to look tough, and I just see his little baby face with the Lakers, and I think, no, dude. But AI Jordan Clarkson's like a, a league AI, fits bro. legend. Jordan Clarkson's yeah. a league fits legend. So I'm going to say at the bottom of the East, the four teams I have at the bottom are the Cavaliers, the Pistons, the Magic, well, no, the Bulls, and the Knicks, (laughs) and the Magic coming in 11th. So those are the five worst teams in the East. The Bulls probably – the Bulls may come in above the Magic, but I don't think the Bulls will make the playoffs. I will say that if you were going to question me hard, you should have questioned me on Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte doesn't – they probably aren't better than the Bulls and probably aren't better than Orlando, so – I'm probably wrong about Charlotte, but for the same reason, oh, you're, you're definitely wrong, about, wrong about Charlotte. Yeah, I'm definitely wrong about Charlotte, but I Charlotte want them to be good. Charlotte has one of my other favorite Michigan State alum, Miles Bridges. So, you know, Michigan Miles State reps in the is league. so good. And, you know, at All-Star Weekend last year, the, the Hornets were represent with Devontae Graham and Miles Bridges. For they sure. had, like, they had representation. And I think I'm, that I'm actually excited. Uh, Tara Rozier is, is good if he doesn't have to be the main guy. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that LaMelo is obviously going to have some trouble and, you know, Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, those are kind of, like, tough pieces. The problem is, is after those four or five guys, they're not very good after that. I actually um, don't think that, that LaMelo's going to have you know, uh, as bad of a season as everybody thinks. I think that he actually has a strong case for Rookie of the Year. Um, kind of kind of two-part, I think that there's not going to be a lot of opportunities for rookies this year. I think a lot of, uh, you know, I was kind of listening to, to Woj and, and Neil O'Shea, and I thought that Neil O'Shea, you know, shout out Neil O'Shea, um, made a good point of like, you know, a lot of teams, a lot of NBA execs and coaches are because of the shortened season, because of the issues with COVID, they're going to go with like, you know, the, the tested veterans and, and not have as much leeway with the rookies just because they don't have as much to give in terms of leeway. And I think that allows Lamelo to set himself apart from the rookie class just in terms of minutes and playing time. Um, whether he's the best, best rookie or not would be the, the case to make, you know, in six months. But um, yeah, watch so. him in, in preseason. I think that his his passes. I think that he's going to have high turnover numbers, but I think he's going to have high assist numbers, and and he's going to be a fun guy to watch for sure. Yeah, I think the main reason that people don't believe in Charlotte is that the defense is going to be terrible with all them dudes out there, and yeah, uh, they don't really sure. have anybody that's a good defender, like a, like a really solid NBA level defender that's you know night in and night out going to play two way. But I think that what they forget is that these guys are going to get to play against the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Pistons. <laughs> 
I mean, do they need yeah. defenders? Uh, they're going to play against Washington, which is just double your offense versus double their offense. Yeah. With the, uh, you know, they with don't the really 72 have to be great defense season. to make the 10 game playoff, you know, I mean, the, yeah. the 10 team playoff. So I, uh, uh, they're going to get to play the Knicks a few times at the schedules, but with the 72 game season, will that allow, will that mean less interconference play? So um, West will face the East less because if so, that definitely benefits so. the East for teams like, you know, Charlotte to face Cleveland and those four games against Cleveland mean more than four games diluted with 10 extra games in the season. Yeah. So No, and I, I definitely think that's going to be the case. So, okay, I think we've covered the bottom of the East and just kind of going with the same thing with the rest of the East. Uh, it's clear that if I'm taking Toronto in the seventh and I'm, I'm keeping Boston, Brooklyn, Indiana, Milwaukee, Miami and uh, who's the other team in the, the top? Nets. Boston, oh, you Brooklyn, said Brooklyn, Sixers. I didn't say Philadelphia, so Sixers, yeah. Indiana, Milwaukee, Miami. Those are the locks to me. For sure. Um, and while we're here, Miami, uh, Miami's been getting so much uh, hate uh, this last like last few weeks and really since the finals. And uh, I've just heard a lot of people saying that they just didn't deserve to make the finals, that they weren't really that good of a team and that they're a contender, but like, they really weren't that good of a team and that the bubble really just made them better. Nope, and uh, nope. I think that that's the stupidest thing <laughs> to me. Like we picked them all year as one of the best teams in the East. Yeah. They're 29 and seven at home last year. They beat Milwaukee twice during the regular season, which was the best team in the East. Yep. Like, I just think, well, what do you got to do? You know, like you have a championship coach, you got a championship, for sure. uh, you know, front office, you got tough players, you got great young talent, you got great veterans, you got tons of defense. You know, what was it that people are sleeping on? You know, were they just it, so high on Philadelphia and people, Boston? Out of people, hype, hate you know? on, people hate on teams. They, you know, people only care about the stars in the league. And they, they hate on the team units. And, and you know, kind of touching on the championship run last season, the way that I see it, Miami was, uh, was playing in the same bubble as everybody else in the East. So I don't yeah. understand that argument. I mean, and you they, know, like, they took the Lakers to four and two. You know, it was, it was a six-game series with an injured Dragic and an injured out of bio. Yeah. For you know, sure. Like that series could have been a seven game series without them. And the Lakers were clearly on paper the better team, you know? Yeah. Uh, so absolutely. I think it's totally nuts to me. Uh, in my mind, who's who do I have as my favorite in the East? Miami's my favorite in the East, whether they come out with the number one seed or not. Don't move. I think that they have that, that mentality that I haven't seen from anybody else in the East. Uh, Boston, maybe being the closest, like Boston does have like that dog mentality. But, you know, Milwaukee is under underperformed in the playoffs every year. Uh, you know, uh, what, what do we worry about Brooklyn? Like, where's their defense? It, it's and, hard for you know, me to I'm get not, excited about Brooklyn because I just don't know what you know. to expect there. But um, like yeah. you said, with hey, Boston, what, I'm, what you can expect I'm high is on no defense. You know, I'm still yeah. I'm still where I was on Brooklyn. I expect no defense. Durant can look insane, great. He can shoot from anywhere in the world. But you know, he didn't win in Oklahoma City with a bunch of guys. I don't think he's going to win in Brooklyn with a bunch of guys if they ain't got any defense. So, um, Philadelphia, you know, I'm never going to get hyped about Philadelphia ever again. <laughs> literally, bury that is done. So, I'm I'm not on those teams. I think Boston's the tough team, and they have well, actually probably gotten worse in the off season. So, I mean, Miami's my lock. I think Miami's. The I think team that Boston has. Uh, you know, I'm I'm high on on Jason Tatum, and I think that he's the top five player in the East right now for sure. Um, and and I'm excited. Wait, what's you, what's that make the top five players in the East then? Kevin Durant. Um, so Giannis, Giannis Kevin Durant, uh, Jason Tatum, I would probably put maybe my third. Uh, it, it probably Ben Simmons up there. And then, you know, you can pick either Embiid, Adebayo, uh, Kyrie Irving, you know, kind of, kind of whatever, whatever you like. Not even Jimmy Butler. Spot. 
I, I mean, you could put Jimmy Butler there, but I think that the ceiling is higher on Bam and, and Joel specifically. Um, maybe, maybe not. Beal. Maybe not. Uh, you you know, let me let me rethink this. I'm I'm coming off my off the top, but I, I think for sure my top <laughs> my top three without a doubt would be in Giannis, then Kevin Durant, then Jason Tatum. And and I'll, I'll be confident. In I that. think that I think that I'm with you that Tatum is a great player. I would say top ten in the East. Uh, but you know, Boston. The reason I don't I don't see Boston being as tough is just they made a lot of downgrades over the over the off season. You know, they lost Hayward for nothing. They got nothing out of him, which mm-hmm. is the second year in a row because they lost Horford for nothing the year before that. Um, they let Cantor go back. Uh, they didn't gain a real center. Uh, they don't. They don't yeah. have anybody. They still have Daniel Tice. Uh, they have less rotation. Wanamaker went to the Golden State. Um, they literally only have like six guys who are like good players. Uh, you know, they're starting five and and like one guy can come off the bench, maybe two, like Grant Williams, maybe. Like it's really a, it, they really thinned out the talent. And, you know, whenever Golden State thinned out the talent with all Kerr's coaching ability, they still weren't very good, you know. Yeah. So sure. I got I to gotta be like Boston's mentality is is the toughest, like in a playoff series. I wouldn't bet against them like that. But in the regular season, I think they could slip down to fifth or sixth place. You know, I think they could end up behind the Pacers and these other teams, you know? Yeah, for sure. Especially, so I, like you mentioned, lack of rotation, shortened season, more games in a shorter amount of time could be a challenge with yeah. them. Well, let's, let's jump over the West. Um, you know, maybe after this podcast, we can lock our, our one through 10 and see if we were right. Um, but at least we can, <laughs> the, we can the West is where it gets it, tough. How, um, West so yeah, we need to we need to eliminate five teams in the West. That you just can, think can we just start it? off number number one? Uh, you know, pro, I, I'm just gonna go number fifteen with Minnesota Timberwolves. You think Timberwolves <laughs> are a no go? They're not making it. No go. Out. Okay. Okay, they're out. Okay. I'm not sure I'm there, but if you want to keep on just you know throwing people <laughs> out while you throw out another one, I would have started uh, with King. Okay. Okay. That's that's uh, would have been my number fifteen. Like they're the worst team, and after the New York Knicks, the Kings and the Knicks are the two worst teams in the world. You think we go with the Cavs on that? That's rough. That's rough. I I don't know. I mean, I would trade everybody on the Cavs for De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, that's true. That's Um, true. I, I think you have to throw in the Thunder just as a result of they're they're great. They're a great young team. They're going to be a challenge on any given night. There's no way that they win enough the games in the West. Even miss the playoffs. <laughs> Actually, I think that might be true. <laughs> I have a research in my Thunder. mind. I'm just thinking, dang, the Thunder have never missed the playoffs, right? Like not counting I, the Sonics. I don't think here, that they right? have. Man, well, I thought we'll, they were going we'll to last year. So little, we'll send that to Zach little... to uh, to double check with us. Yeah, somebody can double check it. Like, who's out there? Yeah, but I have the thunder off. You know, and in, in a lot of people were saying that the Spurs weren't going to make miss the playoffs ever. Um, and then last, I was, I was saying that. so. Um, and, to throw and, rocks at me? I was saying. That. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have the Spurs out of the playoffs again, um, it, which which is tough to say. But I I think that the West is so tough, and again, shortened season that means that they're not able to rely on facing the East as much to to get a couple of wins. So. I think that'll be a lot tougher for uh, for a Spurs team with less upside than some of these other teams. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the Spurs are not a lock. Um, that's only three teams. You've gotten rid of the Kings, the Wolves, and the Spurs. Oh, in the Thunder, in the Thunder. So that's four teams. So you, one more that you think definitely isn't going to make it, which really puts you down to 
What, Memphis, it's, Golden State, Houston, yeah, New Orleans? It's, it's tough for me to say who definitely isn't going to make it. Uh, but, you know, I kind of want to say Houston is, is in the mix. Um, I think Phoenix is going to be great, but I think that there's, you know, they're kind of in that gray area still in the toughies. I think the Grizzlies for sure and uh, in New Orleans. So I think of those four teams, I think Phoenix, I feel the most confident in saying that the Phoenix Suns can sneak into that eight seed out of those four teams. But so that kind of puts me, I guess, Rockets, Grizzlies and Pelicans, one of those teams out. Okay. I think the West is pretty tough because I, I want I want to eliminate the Spurs, but I think they could end up trading DeRozan or Aldridge for good players, and for sure that the players they have are going to be a little bit better. Like they're running a lot more young guys than they used to in the past. Um, you know, I I would say just holding pat where they are that they're not going to make it. But man, sure. I mean, all they have to do is be better than five teams. You know, so yeah, it's a really to, tough to thing to bet against. <laughs> yeah, bet against uh, those guys. Um, but I think Stan and Pat, they're not making it. The Thunder, I think, are not making it. Uh, I think the Pelicans are out. I think the Pelicans are actually a worse team than they were last year. And though I think Zion will be really, really great, and I want the Pelicans. I want the Pelicans to make it. I love the Pelicans. Uh, I love Zion. Um, yeah, I kind of want Alonzo Ball depends on him in staying my PC Yeah, Lonzo really has to be great, and they've, they've kind of lost some shooting. They lost Drew Holiday. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, they lost I think their they, favorite. I think they, they have a lack of Adams. leadership. They have a huge lack of leadership. Their leader is JJ Redick. Yeah. Um, it, it's know, not just, that it's not that they it's you team. know have bad leaders. It's just that they don't have any vets on the team. You know, especially with Drew Holiday, I think that was a major piece to lose. Yeah, I also think that they, I also think that they don't want to win. I think that they want to. I think you know, they want to keep getting draft picks and build around Zion in, as the future. You know, like, it, I think it's, they're it's like I was saying, you know, I've, I've said this on the last couple of pods, uh, you know, it's that 76ers trust the process, you know, that, that creates a losing mentality. And I think it, it's hard for teams like that to get out of the right, especially smaller market teams when nobody wants to come there. It, heck, yeah. even, even big market teams like the Knicks get in that right. Nobody wants to go there because of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm saying that they're not going to make it. So I'm saying Spurs, Pelicans, Kings, uh, Thunder, and that gives me one more that I have to throw off the edge. Um, I don't know if if the season season going on right now. I would say the Grizzlies. I throw the Grizzlies mm-hmm. out. Uh, I'm keeping the Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, Over the I'm Grizzlies. the Grizzlies out because because they're starting the season with with Jaron Jackson injured, okay. and um, they actually have also lost okay. some other depth. Um. So I think that I think that they'll struggle. I think a lot is riding on just John Morant killing it every night. And, and, and Brandon West Clark, is loaded, yeah. so he has to go against a lot of really good players. Uh, sure. Yeah, and Brandon Clark, and I just I think the Grizzlies, even though they're on the edge, I and, think they're the team that's out. It's sophomore year for for John Morant, so there's there's game tape to to plan against him. Yeah, there there is, and you know uh, his struggles outside shooting, and uh, with with Jaron Jackson out, they're going to have to create outside shooting. You know. Yeah, and you don't. I'm, I'm interested. Not going to make a trade to try to get to the tenth spot. You know, they don't care. Yeah. They, well, they have they, they have a good to, young core. You know, for sure. Yeah, they want of, to continue to grow their core. They so. have a great um, three. Like, I'm honestly three of the best young guys in the league in Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson Jr. and, and John Morant. I expect John Morant, especially with uh, with Jaron Jackson Jr. to be out for a little bit, um, to kind of have a, a sophomore season akin to how Donovan Mitchell's was, where uh, Donovan Mitchell um, his sophomore year had to force a lot with the with um, the Jazz was having to create a lot of shots, run a lot of the offense. Um, everybody yeah, had tape no, against him, was able to game plan against him. And, and while he was still a great player and, and better than he was 
developmentally, uh, it, it was just easier for teams to play against him. Yeah, and I think that Jaw is actually a naturally best, better talent than uh, than who you just named, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that yeah, they'll just kind of double down on John Morant. Yeah. And um, and plus he's playing teams in the West who are gonna you know be tough to beat. Um, and they're great. And, and there's great coaches. On, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, I think that that leaves me with a seven, eight, nine, ten of in whatever order: Golden State, Houston, Minnesota. And the Phoenix, okay. Um, and I'm I'm actually really comfortable with that. Um, Golden State, I don't think will be a top six team. I was so wrong about them last year. I'm not getting burned by them again. <laughs> um, I think they'll have a lot of kinks to work out, and also lack depth compared to their past teams. Uh, yeah, a lot I think a lot is Curry, dependent maybe on, hasn't played on Andrew Wiggins season ever. And Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green needs to have a, re- a renaissance season for them to even. Yeah, Wiggins. Do, Wiggins do anything. have to be great. Green has to put in real effort. Uh, with with the news of really good there, but yeah, with the news of Clay Thompson, that that dropped him from a top three team to a you know kind of like you said mid level, and, and I agree with that. You know, yeah. six to I, to ten spot. I also think that Steph Curry, like one of the things people haven't paid attention to, is that I'm not sure he's played a full season of basketball. Like you know, in their historic runs, Steph gets rested a lot. He plays, well, you know, 30 minutes I mean, sometimes a night because they're just destroying people, right? After after so his rookie season, he's been 70-plus games a year. Yeah, and, and, you know, well, up, into, up into the high 70s a couple of seasons. So it's like, what it's I'm not that he's... Is, is those 70-some games, though, his minutes played were way less. Like, he's not putting out 40 minutes a game. It's, he's not got a hard when, usage, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? When they were, when they were rolling, they, they were so efficient that they didn't need him like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So in their great years, they were able to rest him in key moments. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just rests him game, so he can miss you know eight nine games from rest. Especially with the, games with the Kevin Durant 30, 32 seasons. minutes. Yep. Yep. And then the first year he doesn't have Durant, his usage rate is extreme, and he's injured. You know, and even in the playoffs, whenever there was times like towards the end of their run when they lost Durant and Thompson, Curry was playing, and he was hurt half the time because the usage rate, and he's got to go to the rim more, and he's taking more contact, and he's. He's having to be more involved. He's putting out more effort on defense, mm-hmm. you know. And he's not. And he, he's, not he's such young, a high. He's not a, he's a high chicken, effort you know? player too. So he he, he gives it. So it's yeah, a I think, lot I think that's a fair Curry assessment. And, yeah. And I think that that's actually the biggest worry with Golden State. You know, Curry, an injury to Curry, and you can go ahead so, and put yeah. New Orleans or Memphis thirty-one back in the top now. 10, you know, it's a, it's a year yeah, thirty-one 30, for. I think he's thirty-one. Yeah. Which guards yeah, I, don't age well. I mean, there's only yeah. one LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with your assessment. I would uh, I would actually flip out. Um, who who was the uh, fourth team you you did? Uh, oh, the Timberwolves. I would actually flip them out with the Jazz in, in that in that section. Um, so, so I'm so going I, I'm going Jazz, uh, Warriors, uh, Suns, and uh, Rockets in that in that range. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's here's the thing on the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves actually have a really passable team. Uh, I think that they got the number one pick in Anthony Edwards. I think Edwards will bring good value to them. I don't think he'll be a no value pick. I think that Carl Anthony Towns is a top ten player in the West. Uh, oh I think my he's under, Yeah, I think he's underrated. <laughs> no. I think Carl Anthony Towns is underrated. Listen, yeah, he I mean, is maybe, he's maybe a five 90, years 50, ago. 40, I thought that. No, he was a 90, 50, 40, seven footer last year. <laughs> like, like dude, dude shoots forty percent from three oh in his own. His only knock, the only knock on on t- Towns is that he doesn't play good defense. And Are I don't you hot boxing because... in your truck right now? <laughs> no, I don't believe it's because Towns can't play good defense. I believe it's because he doesn't play good defense. Um, 
I, honestly, honestly, I think look that's at true. Towns' numbers. Look at Towns' numbers last year. I mean, heck, half the time they didn't even give the dude the ball, and he still is scoring. Like his efficiency rating is high. Like he is a shooter. He's he's the best shooting big man in the league. There's nobody that's playing the five that can shoot like Carl Anthony Towns. So, I'm just saying, shooting wins games. I'm not sure about D'Angelo, but overall, I think that they have a lot of like good rotation players. Um, and so I think that the Timberwolves have a chance to be the number 10 team. I also think that Wiggins was like kind of holding them down. Like, I think that they're just, they didn't mesh. Wiggins couldn't shoot the three and that hurt them, you know? Um, and they're, they're going to play Wiggins. Uh, I think that Malik Beasley's really good. I think that Jarrett Culver's a, a good player. They got Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He's a, he's a great veteran to have. For sure. And they got a uh, Ricky Rubio. So they got a defensive point guard who can pass whenever they want to use him. Um, who can't shoot. So I, I think that you make some good points. Um, I think that they are still lacking on, on defense besides uh, Mal- besides Malik and, and besides Ronnie Hollis Jefferson. I, I think that they're lacking a lot on defense. Um, and I think, I think it's uh, it, it's in the West, you know, obviously following the trailblazers for, uh, for years, like seeing how tough it is when, uh, you just don't have have a good defense, and, and the Trailblazers last year had a top three offense, and just get smoked whenever they, uh, you know, face a team with good defense because they, you know, mess up one possession or two possessions, and then they're you know behind in the game, no matter how good their offense is. And I don't think that the Timberwolves are nearly as good as the Trailblazers' offense. I I agree that the Timberwolves the Timberwolves are not a good team. What I'm saying is you don't have to be a great team to make the tenth spot. <laughs> in a play-in. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking yeah. top 10 in the West. They just have to be better than five other teams uh, in their in their side of the, the conference. They could be the 20th best team in the NBA and still make it. So I'm not saying they're a good team. They're a terrible team. Whoever plays <laughs> them is going to be excited. If you're the Lakers and you're the number one seed and you get to play the Timberwolves, you would just be thrilled. It's just like mop the floor. Yeah. But I am saying that they're a good team, and I am saying that, that Towns, who's a career 40% three-point shooter, I, I'm I'm behind that. I think that guy is a good basketball player. And I think that because the hype train is gone, we've forgotten how good he is. But I think that a lot of things have held him back. But, man, I mean, it, people can say that the big guys don't matter and the centers don't matter. But I don't know. I just – I watched these playoffs last year, and it seemed like centers were what mattered. You know, I think having an AD or a Jokic seemed to win ball games. Having an eye to bio seemed to win ball games. you know. So I think a Carl Anthony Towns is definitely a, a top ten center in the NBA. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that they I think they make the ten spots. Um, you know the other teams there. Obviously Phoenix. We know why we all think that. So obviously unless Paul's injured and something terrible happens, they should be there. Um, who's that leave that that's oh Houston? The only reason I still keep Houston in there is because even though I think presently if if Harden never touches the floor that they're probably not going to make it. But I think that either Harden's going to play eventually and he's good enough to get him to a top 10 team or they're going to trade him for somebody who's good enough to get him to a top 10 team. Um, so, I don't think that's fair. I think that's fair. And, and, then outside and if that, John Wallen and Boogie are healthy all season, I think that's also good enough to be a top 10. Well, and then I, have, I have one, I guess, one disagreement with where you're at here in this part of this is that you said you would take the Timberwolves out and replace them with the Jazz. So who would you have as a top six lock here? Who do you think's a lock to to make the playoffs in the West? You know, because the Jazz um, I mean, to me I, were a top six team in the West. Yeah, I I think that the top six is a little. Uh, I, I think it's hard um, in the West. Obviously, 
you know, Lakers are a lock. I would say that the Clippers are a lock. Um, I truly believe that the Portland Trailblazers are a lock in the West. Um, I think Denver is solid. So that gives us that uh, that puts me at five four. In, in the Mavs. That puts you that puts you at four. I don't know. Clippers, how to count. Lakers, Mavs, Nuggets, Trailblazers, that's five. So that only leaves one more spot. That's why I think the Jazz have to be six. Because I agree with you. I think that those are the teams that, like, I, I can't I see put, any of them yeah. finishing below sixth. I, I would put the um, Jazz six, but we were talking that that's Oh, I guess I, I threw them in. I was thinking six through ten in our in our rankings. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I would put them the, into your seven through ten group and said Timberwolves were out. So that means the, that you'd have to bring up. I would say either the, the Jazz or the Warriors. Um, if, if the Warriors, you know, like we said, if, if Steph Curry can be healthy, if sure, Wiggins yeah. is serviceable, I, I think that they're a, a six team. The Jazz and the Warriors are fighting for the sixth seed. Hmm. Yeah, that could be true. I, I see that. You know, we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll touch on the top six like we talked about earlier um, in in yeah, a future episode we, when we kind of lock everything lock in, in. When we lock them in, they're gonna they're gonna control us for the rest of the season. <laughs> all right, all right. So Houston, so Houston has this this piece that they could could make them a top six team. Um, this guy named James Harden. We both mm-hmm. uh, give Harden a, a fair amount of bad times. Um, we just don't really like him. If we ran into him on the road, <laughs> we'd have a lot of unkind words. I know I would. I would explode. <laughs> I would Stephen A. Smith that guy right off the road. But you know, uh, he's not showing up for camp. He's trying to. He's trying to run the Kawhi Leonard game, and uh, instead he's out globe trotting and acting a fool and stuff. And you know uh, he doesn't want to. He has no interest. He said in playing with John Wall, uh, which sounds to me like you're just making another enemy. I mean, Chris it, Paul it hates like you. He, Westbrook hates you. Yeah. Howard hates you. Now you gonna make John Wall your enemy? Like who? Who's friends with this guy? You know, like <laughs> and like since he never wins anything, why is he starting to fight? Like the common denominator, all these loser teams is James Harden. Yeah, you know, uh, absolutely. So L- listen, it's, it's James Chris Harden Paul has gotten to dictate. You know. James Harden has gotten to dictate the Houston Rockets direction since he got there, like since day one. And, and partly, you know, rightfully so, he has been a top five player in the league for most of those He's seasons. the worst MVP ever. But, yeah, oh, I agree. Like, the, the fact that you cause this team to be how it is, and then you try to blow it up, like you, you orchestrated this whole ordeal. And just because you aren't winning championships because of your poor playoff performances... Then you just want out because you want to go hop in with your buddies on, on another team. I'm I'm all for player empowerment. I'm all for you know players signing where they want to go in free agency. I don't care. Of, you know I'm pro Kevin Durant coming to the Golden State Warriors, for example. You know whatever. But when you are James Harden and you orchestrate the Houston Rockets to how they are now, that's just like it's absurd to me that now you're blaming the Houston Rockets organization and and you want out. Because you can't win a championship there, even though you built the entire team how you want it. Well, yeah, it's it's wild to me that that this dude is getting paid as much money as he's getting paid. He's he's hamstrung the organization. Uh, you know, he's he's had he's had three stars he's played with in Houston, um, and couldn't play with any of them, and can't seem to get past the Western Conference Finals at the at the height <laughs> with with a Hall of Fame point guard with him in, in those games. And now he wants to get traded, and he only wants to go to these contender teams. And I feel like none of those teams even want him because he's older. You have to play his style of basketball, and his style of basketball hasn't won. 
You know, and, so it's and you like, have to give up so much for him. Like, yeah, you got to give it doesn't up. Doesn't make sense. They, 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 he wants picks. Houston wants picks. They want a player of his caliber. So they want everything. They want the kitchen sink. You know, yeah. and there's no team in my mind. There's not many teams in my mind that actually would would be a better team just immediately if they could get James Harden. You know, um, like almost zero, except for maybe the teams we've locked in as like bottom five teams in each side. You know, um, yeah, and, I would like to tell you, I, I actually like, think that there's there's a team that it makes perfect sense for him to go on. Um, and I think that I would almost be up for a, a, an experiment of James Harden teaming with Giannis. And I think that James Harden and Giannis this year together might be a 72 and O's team that gets swept by the Miami Heat first round. <laughs> There's definitely no way they'd be a 72 and O team. Um, but I, I think that if James Harden, James Harden and Giannis is an interesting idea. Um, I, I, the thing is, is, is Milwaukee has nothing to offer. Like they couldn't even, yeah, they would have to give up Chris Middleton. And, and they'd have to give up, they have to give up Middleton and like the rest of the bench that they've already thinned yeah. out. So goodbye. Which isn't, I don't, I don't think or, isn't what Giannis from like, no. you know, his and, perspective, like he, he's not even handle not being the best player on a team. Like, mm-hmm. especially if it's somebody like Giannis, who's younger than him, who he feels like stole his MVP awards. That kind of crap. <laughs> like this dude can't handle not being the best player on the team. The only way he'll be the not best player on the team is if the other person is like, older like a like a durant who we already know yeah. wants to play with or uh a lebron james who doesn't want to play with james harden because <laughs> how would that work um, yeah, why? yeah yeah like why so like i i don't i don't see a team that like has a lot to offer his ego you know um it, it, with all the comparisons between him and westbrook and these ball dominant guards and these albatross contracts and him and chris paul Chris Paul is a, a team player. You know, he played 28, 30 minutes a game last year. Mm-hmm. Let uh, let Gilgis Alexander run a lot of offense and Schroeder and was, you know, he's a team player. Westbrook has been willing to to give up the ball, give up the ball for Harden, give up the ball for Durant. You know, everybody loves playing with Westbrook, like you said earlier. But people don't say, oh, yeah, I love playing with Harden. No one's ever said that. No yeah. one wants to play with James Harden. That's the, that's the number one problem here is no one wants to play James Harden because if they did – the superstars would make it happen. And I think yeah. one of the most interesting trades is already down the drain, which would have been if the Clippers could have traded Paul George for Harden, but instead they just signed George to a five-year extension. And he's untradeable <laughs> until the deadline. So he's actually yeah. not allowed to be traded until the deadline. So that, that trade is gone. And that would have been interesting to have George and, and Kawhi, or Harden and Kawhi on the same team because they would have been tough, uh, maybe better than George and Kawhi. I think for sure better. Um, but, like, who else? I mean – I feel like when I look it, at a short list yeah. of contenders, it's not a lot of teams. You know, obviously there's the talk of Philadelphia if they want to blow it up and say, hey, either Simmons or Embiid is gone, which they haven't been willing to do. Um, you know, Toronto, if they moved enough young pieces, but I feel like they got nothing to gain from that. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm at, I'm at a loss. Boston? Boston might be the best one. Like Jalen yeah. Brown for I think James, James Harden, Harden begins the season with Houston, and I don't think that he gets traded unless he play, a, unless a team. I, I I think he plays. Um, I don't think, think he gets traded unless like there's a bunch of workout videos and say no, I'm not playing <laughs> for those dudes. Because I think that's no. what he's going to do if he doesn't get traded. No, I I think he plays. He he showed up to preseason. I I think he plays. Um, I think that he wants to. You you know, I think he wants the the 
um, accolades. I, I think that he wants the recognition. Um, I think that he wants the, well, yeah, yeah, I don't know, like games, stick it to the organization or whatever, chart, you know? And, and I think that James Harden, um, I, I don't think that he'll get traded unless a team starts off poorly, such as, you know, the 76ers, and then they, d- they do decide to blow it up because the 76ers have been adamant about not giving away Simmons or Embiid, you know, running it back under a new GM, uh, new head coach, seeing what they can do with it. Um, and I think that if they start off really poorly, maybe they open up the door to to bring in Harden in. But I think other than that, you, you know, were, there's there's no reason for Houston to trade him. If you were Brooklyn, would you rather have Harden than Kyrie? Uh, I would rather have Harden than Kyrie uh, because at least I know with Harden, uh, you know, Hard, Harden admittedly is, you know, he's a he's a tank. The the dude plays every game just about. Um, you know, I'm not saying they they plays the hardest in every game, but. The dude can drop 35 any night, uh, drop 40 any night, and, and Kyrie can can play well, but can Kyrie play a full season healthy? I don't know. Can I don't know. The the recognition with, with James Harden, I think that there's uh, a higher ceiling with him. I think there's a higher floor than Kyrie Irving. So I think it makes sense for Brooklyn to give away uh, to give away Kyrie for James Harden, but it, it doesn't seem like that's what Kevin Durant wants. Doesn't seem yeah, like Durant, that's what the, the Nets organization wants. It seems like. Kevin Durant and Kyrie might be open to James Harden coming, but only if it's, you know, all three of them together. I've got I've got five teams that I think could make the trade, and only one of them is a contender, which which is Boston. I think that Boston, if they would give up the only way I would do it if I was Boston is like Jalen Brown and some picks. Um, mm-hmm. which is pretty underwhelming for Houston. But like that's about the only way I'd do it. I maybe would consider Kimba because how are you gonna play Harden and Kimba at the same time? But yeah, I think um, I think a deal would have to be packaged with Kimba in that scenario. It's not it's not a great upgrade for Boston, uh, but they're the only contender. I feel like really it could make sense. Um, I, I think that Golden State and Denver are kind of in the shadow of contenders that could make sense. But I just don't know why. Like, why would they want to? James um, Harden is such a big market. I think that's another thing. He wants to go to like the biggest market. James Harden should just go to the Knicks and just like do it all over. Yeah. Do, I mean, do the last seven years over. That's the thing. If you're looking at the East. New York and and Cleveland are the only two teams that have enough crap they can give up for a Harden. And oh man, I would I would love Harden, nothing you know? more than James Harden going to Cleveland. Dude, James Harden in Cleveland is his dream come true. <laughs> I would be I would go ahead and like throw. A I'll party. buy a James Harden jersey if he goes to Cleveland. If Harden goes to Cleveland, you have to buy a James Harden jersey. <laughs> it, it's like, right you here. Can, you can trade him for for you can trade James Harden in Cleveland for Sexton and Garland and Kevin Love. <laughs> And uh, like a couple picks later, and that would be a good trade for both teams. <laughs> um, <laughs> John Wall would be like, "No, nah, Sexton and Garland can't play." Uh, but and think about how much it would suck for Love to have to be packaged with the two guys that he's already done playing with. Uh, in in the West, I think that the team that I would love for him to go to is San Antonio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so obvious, um, but. Uh, New Orleans, I actually think, is is a sleeper team that could really take a James Harden. Um, I think that they could package up enough stuff for a trade. Let's Does Harden have a, Hart. have a no trade clause? He might. He veto. You know, uh, but he only has a couple of years left on his contract. I mean, the teams that were trading for him would be taking a risk if he's not willing to continue to play yeah. for him after his contract's up. You know, um, but at the same time, if you know he, if you know, then he's looking to sign up five-year, four-year contract because he's going to be like 32, 33 years old at the end of this contract. So he needs one more big one. 
you know, he's not going to play like crap for you coming into a contract year, you know? So if you're New Orleans, man, I mean, if you were giving up Bledsoe and Josh Hart and like Jackson Hayes or Steven Adams, somebody you don't actually need. Um, and then like Houston would require everything. Yeah. They they would, they would have to give up Alonzo or, or Brandon Ingram. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they would give up Brandon Ingram, but I think that honestly, I think that Hart and, and I mean, New Orleans has a lot of picks. You could package a lot of picks because New Orleans has a lot of picks. Um, yeah, and I think I that think Hart my... and Bledsoe are, are good players. You know, uh, Jackson Hayes is a young guy. I mean, if you're Houston and you're kind of rebuilding, I mean, I feel like the picks and the good young players that already have some experience would be as worth it as anything at the trade deadline. You know. And New Orleans, honestly, a team with Harden and, and uh, even if they had to give up Lonzo, you know, a team with Harden and, and Ingram and Zion would be a freaking crazy good team, you know. For sure. Um, he would definitely feel like the best player on the team. And those young guys would be kind of excited to play with them, I think, because nobody else wants to play with those guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they all got kicked out of L.A. Like, they all were like, oh, you can't play with LeBron. They got kicked out of L.A. And Zion, you know, he's – he just sort of, you know, I'll play wherever kind of guy. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't. It would actually Zion. work, but I, nah, I man, think Zion and in his head. Zion and Giannis should should play together, and, and that would be uh, such the, a team. The league should just do two on two. It should be NBA Jam, Zion Jam and Giannis. <laughs> yeah, Humble, straight bro. up. Those guys. That's the John the Baptist of basketball games. <laughs> straight up. High praise, high praise, man. <laughs> Those guys would be in the Bible. Um. Yeah, so hard, man. What a what a jerk, dude. What a yeah, jerk. I, I think I'm gonna say a prayer to the Lord tonight for a Harden to Cleveland trade to happen. Do Harden to Cleveland or Harden to San Antonio? Those are the two. Or, or Harden, Harden to uh, to Orlando. I just but like they yeah, have to Orlando they have to switch out Vucevic, so that it's like it's just James Harden and like Evan Fournier and Markel Fultz. <laughs> <laughs> Those would be the two greatest trades. Those are the things I want to see. Harden just losing night after night with the worst teams he could possibly be on. Um, you know who? Yeah. You know who has the stuff for Harden? It's the Miami. Chicago Bulls, man. No, Zach Levine to Houston to play with Wall and Cousins, and Otto Porter to match contracts, and then no. like a bunch of crap. No, we're under new management. We don't have guard packs to make a dumb trade like that. What do you mean, Harden? If they actually, if the arena was open, Harden would bring more people to the stadium than anybody <laughs> in Chicago for a long time. Since Derrick Rose, probably Chicago would immediately yeah. be into it, and then they would hate him within like a couple months. That's, that's, that's Chicago. True. Yeah, Chicago's a, a hate hate city. I don't think Chicago ever really loves you. No, they they make the playoffs place. if they had James Harden. As much as I hate him, he'd get into the playoffs. <laughs> It, it, Chicago like, shoot, with James Harden is, is that but, just Houston? Yeah, it is. It's just Houston. And the supporting cast is a little bit taller because you have like Markin and Wendell Carter. <laughs> so like you don't have to worry about PJ Tucker getting out rebounded every night. Remember whenever they put PJ Tucker on Anthony Davis for the playoffs? Man, Man can that we talk about was how smart Anthony guy, Davis is <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Davis is is he the second best player in the league now? I know we're gonna get top touch on our top 10 or our top six players and you know i that. mean last year last year number two season last year one of the season there was all this talk that lebron james wasn't the best 
that he was like a top five, but not necessarily the best player in the NBA. And that Davis has always had a lot of potential, but really never panned out because of injuries and so forth. And then they go through and they, they play really well and they go the whole season. And everyone says, yeah, they might be number one seed, but they won't win. And then they stomp through the bubble and, and they win. And then as soon as the season's done, everyone's like, you know, they've got two of the best five players in the world on that team. <laughs> and so I'm like, wait, what? And then now I see the articles about how James is still the best, but now there's other guys catching up and that Davis might be number two. And I just think, man, one year, one year really changed man. everything. I, it, it changed. It changed me. I, I think that I had Anthony Davis around my four to five range. I think I had LeBron James in my two or three range. And uh, I, I think they're one and two. I think we're seeing like a, a better Magic Johnson and, and kind of like a Kareem slash Shaq combo. I was thinking the other day about how good Anthony Davis could be as a Laker. You know, he signed that that big extension. Uh, I, I would love to see Anthony Davis play in L.A. for 10 more years. And and I thought even then, he would still probably only be the fifth best Lakers big of all time, which yeah, is just crazy, insane for it? the Lakers. Yeah. I, I I do think that Davis has always been always been a top five, but I agree with the idea that he's always been injured too often to to make it to that top. I think there's uh, that, I think and that I think there's LeBron there's been James a lack clearly, of motivation to to play like a top five game. Like, who wants to play like a top five guy when you're going to miss the playoffs every year? Well, he also wasn't playing on a team where they told him every night he was a top five guy. You know, and I think the mentality with the Lakers was LeBron from the beginning. Which this is this is credit to LeBron as the strategist, as this guy that he is. He said from the beginning, Davis is the best player on this team, and I'm going to do everything I can to show everybody how good Anthony Davis is because he's really mm-hmm. the best. Uh, he's the best player I've ever been on a team with. You know, like LeBron, LeBron was buttering that boy up from the beginning <laughs> of their relationship in LA. You know, and I think that that shows you a lot of of that idea. And this is actually one of my favorite. Whenever I've been in like leadership or management situations or when I've been teaching others, one of my favorite stories is the story of Willie Mays. And I think that Anthony Davis is so much a Willie Mays. Willie Mays was his rookie year. He was horrific. If you look up his stats that year, he was bad. He was just a really bad player. And uh, he was so bad that he would go sometimes and just cry after games because he's like 19, 20 year old kid. He's striking out. His coach was screaming out. His coach was on him all the time. You're supposed to be good. Why aren't you hitting the ball? Why aren't you, you're supposed to be so good. Everyone says you're so good, but you're not doing it. And the next year, he got a new coach. I think it was Leo DeRocher, who's a famous uh, no crying in baseball guy. And he said, um, like, he actually coined that line, not the movie. Uh, they quoted him <laughs> in that movie. But he, uh, he said that he would tell Willie Mays every day, hey, Willie, you're Superman. You're, you're the best there ever was. And even if Willie struck out and he go over four that day, he go, don't worry about it. You're the best player on the diamond every time you step on it. Even today, you struck out, it's fine, because tomorrow you're going to get him because you're the best player in the world. Nobody's better than you. And from the time Leo became his manager on, Willie Mays became legend. You know, 660 home runs, Barry Bonds, godfather. I mean, like, Willie Mays, you know? But it was all because somebody set him up and just said, hey, dude, you're actually, like, the best. Like, you just need to realize it. And I think AD is that. Like, I think AD, we all knew he had the size, build, athleticism everything talent to be ad but lebron and and vogel and these guys they were smart enough to be like hey somebody just needs to tell this guy he's better than steph curry and he's better than Giannis Antetokounmpo, and that he is the best defensive player and that he is the best two-way player and that he can catch the ball anywhere and put it in the hoop 
and we're going to run plays. We go right to him with LeBron James on the court. So he knows that LeBron, the best player in the world, wants him to shoot the ball. You know, and I think the confidence from that is everything. I think it's extreme swag level right there. You for know? sure. And they put him in L.A. for, you know, five years, four years. Uh, right. Guaranteed, you know, and uh, nobody saw that coming. I mean, like, LeBron signed an extension, and then AD signed this huge contract, and they basically said, hey, we're locking it in. You know, so. Man, we got a we got a Lakers three-peat on the hand, possibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm ready to watch the Lakers and Miami Heat play for a couple more years in a row. <laughs> I don't I don't know about the the East version of that, but you know we we'll we'll touch on that you know in the the next episode on I, I got yeah I got a lot of hype on on the Lakers. Um, I don't know who I'm more hyped on the the Trailblazers or the Lakers right now. I mean we know it's the Trailblazers, but yeah, I mean the Trailblazers if they traded C J McCollum and Anthony Simmons for James Harden, oh. they would have a heck of a team. Dame and Harden is the backcourt. My God, dude, I'd uh I'd stop watching the Trailblazers basketball. <laughs> we actually missed the best trade because Giannis won't sign his extension. It doesn't seem like the best trade is Giannis for Harden straight up. At least you get two no. more years of a star player instead of one year. Yeah, just no. let him go, dude. Send him to send him to Houston. No, let him know what, it, what let him know what it's like to actually play for a bad owner. <laughs> All right. Well, it looks like we basketballed this whole podcast up. Didn't even talk about that Airbnb offering. Oh, uh, we we got yeah, we'll, we'll drop a mini episode on it. You know that the B and B and Airbnb stands for basketballs and basketballs, right? Oh, I thought it was Where Air it? Business and Basketballs. Oh, you're right. It is. It's Air <laughs> Business and Basketballs. They literally, we actually, we actually gave them the whole concept. Yeah, it's actually which is um, why we should have when we get our shares. when we get our sponsorship with Jordan. That's what I'm going to call the, the podcast: Air Business and Basketballs. <laughs> Dude, that would be the, that's the best idea you've ever had yeah so you know we gave the hornets a lot of praise so if anybody um, wants to go ahead you and didn't. You said send this episode yeah uh, send this episode to michael jordan he can tell us if chicago or, or charlotte is better and uh hit us up with that air business and basketballs i know this is a long episode we haven't been on for a while so i'm just gonna i'm gonna throw this out there remember that idea you had about uh tournaments that made people like the Rocky Mountain champions, like between oh, like yeah. Denver and yeah. like Dallas or whatever. What if uh, there was? Like, <laughs> I don't even know who they played. Denver, Denver, Utah. Utah. Yeah. Uh, so like your fake awards, like participation <laughs> trophies for beating the other team. What if since both Chicago and Charlotte both start with CH and both of them have a lot of Michael Jordan connections? What if there was like best Jordan team trophy and it was between? Washington because of his time with the Wizards, Charlotte and Chicago, and whichever one of those. I think that you could also kind of. I think that you could kind of throw on the Cavs because he kind of owned the Cavs there for for a few seasons. I don't think we should count the Cavs, <laughs> but it would be fun. I guess if you had the Cavs, you could have a true tournament. Oh, you could do a tournament play like of, a little Jordan play-in. of teams that Michael Jordan was the best against. It's just the Cavs, the Knicks, and the Pistons. You think he was the best against them? I feel like the Jazz would have to play too. Okay, yeah, yeah. It is. That's the point. I just saw this. Uh, I don't even know who the player was, but they said that every time they would play the Jazz, he would take the, the rookies out and say, "I want you to see the the, the best player, the best player that's got towards you tonight." And then they would sit there and wait, and John Stockton would pull up in a minivan and like unload his kids, and they go, "That man right there is going to just destroy you tonight." 
and then he would. <laughs> but I was like, dude, that's, that's messed up, man. That's messed up. That is messed up. <laughs> All right, and on, hey, and on that, and I'm out. It's a wrap. It's a wrap.